are listening to a podcast from The National. In the world of digital security, the past 12 to 18 months have seen some of the biggest, most disruptive and expensive cyber crimes yet seen. From the WannaCry attack that crippled parts of the UK's National Health Service to the Petya ransomware release that hit businesses around the world, with hackers shutting down computers and demanding Bitcoin payment to enable companies to access their own systems, it was a brutal sign that online criminals are becoming ever more sophisticated. So how should organisations best protect themselves? And what, as a society, should we do in our attempts to thwart this growing threat? This is the National's Business Extra podcast. My name is Chris Nelson, and today I'm joined by Sam Blattis, the former Google Head of Government Affairs for Arabian Gulf countries, and the founder and chief executive of the MENA Catalysts, a regional high-tech government affairs firm. Hi, Sam, and, and thanks, uh, thanks for, for your time today and, and uh, having a chat about, uh, about um, cybersecurity. Um, last year was, was possibly uh, uh, well known on, on that side for the wrong reasons, uh, such huge attacks as, as WannaCry and, uh, and the Equifax um, theft of 143 million customer records. Um, obviously, cybersecurity is, is an increasingly important uh, issue for, for organizations, for companies, for, for countries uh, for companies um, what what what's your take on on the on the kind of current landscape regarding the threat and and how to how to deal with it thank you Chris well first of all uh, the advanced economies around the world are losing billions of dollars and hundreds of thousands of jobs a year mm-hmm. as a result of malicious cyber activity and anyone growing uh, skeptical about the emerging role that cybersecurity plays in politics just needs to look at the most recent U.S. presidential election, in which cyber espionage, leaks, and data security were central issues. Um, I think that the wars of the future now target countries with with non-military tools, with the rise of the so-called black economy Uh of hybrid cyber wars, and including psychological, economic, financial, and information uh, battlefields uh, in the works. And this topic is quite timely. Uh, I, I appreciate that Abu Dhabi police uh, said that in the future, cyber crimes will eclipse other forms of crime, and we have to saddle up to, to tackle this. Oh, would that be in terms, is that in, do, do you think, I mean, in terms of, of um, cost or in terms of frequency or? Yes, the answer is yes. <laughs> both, yeah. <To> both. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, the, the scale and growing scope, magnitude, sophistication is, is uh, seeing meteoric growth. The cyber underworld is becoming kind of much more well-organized, well-funded, attracting, talented, and innovative hackers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the WannaCry cyber attacks, they might have exposed the vulnerabilities mm-hmm. of a few global institutions, um, but to me, the, the way um, and the uh, potential for scaling that type of cyber uh, attack is what's uh, particularly concerning. And how do how do you think um, organisations, nations um, are, are aware of this? And, and if so, how are they how are they um, equipping themselves, or how should they equip themselves to to deal with that rising threat? Well, 
Number one, there are many countries in the world that have uh, sadly uh, adopted almost a quote-unquote shopping mentality mm-hmm. toward cyber security protection, meaning equating procurement with a cy- proper cyber security strategy. You mean you I mean procurement procurement of, of sort of off-the-shelf answers to... to um, of, of, of system software... Uh-huh. Um, but procurement uh, of a system or software or program uh, can uh, be an input into a tool to support a strategy, mm-hmm. but it is not um, a, a plan in and of itself. Mm-hmm. I think that one of the most underlooked or kind of underappreciated components of an inclusive discipline cybersecurity strategy mm-hmm. um, is education of employees, because ultimately um, the weakest link of a cybersecurity defense uh, will can, can kind of spell um, significant trouble for, for a company. Uh, mm-hmm. If you spend uh, top dollar on, on uh, firewalls and, pr- and premium cybersecurity defenses, but then um, don't have the basic... Uh, uh, cybersecurity training of employees, mm-hmm. then something can occasionally uh, penetrate and spell uh, significant difficulties for that organization. And do you but think ultimately? Oh, go ahead. Do you think um, uh, in this region that um, companies uh, are are becoming more aware of the necessity for that training and, and are putting putting systems in place to deal with it? We've made inroads, but we're not out of the woods. Mm-hmm. We have a long way to go. Um, Cybercrime, the rise of botnet armies, um, and uh, uh, cyber fraud um, are are seeing significant spikes mm-hmm. um, in the region. Which is interesting because the region has had an exceptional has had an exceptionally low offline uh, crime rates. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, uh, we're seeing a number of Gulf countries uh, emerging as major so- sources and targets of cyber, cyber crimes. For instance, there's, there's uh, quite high rates of phishing attacks mm-hmm. in the UAE, in Saudi Arabia, the wider GCC countries. Uh, and by, by phishing, we mean we mean um, sort of sort of mass spam that that uh, basically is designed to gather um, personal details. Phishing does not have to be in mass, mm-hmm. but um, it is phishing means to uh, surreptitiously or to, to masquerade a request for personally identifiable information mm-hmm. um, in in order to penetrate someone's uh, account. That's a, yeah. a traditional use of the term. Yeah. And how how best do you think um, individuals in that case? I mean, obviously, there's the education from from um, uh, the the company side of things. But um, do you think that uh, you know personal um, safety is is equally um, at risk and 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 should be regarded with equal um, with equal seriousness? It's absolutely one of the core fundamental building blocks to building up an indigenous immune system mm-hmm. to uh, the strategic cybersecurity threats that uh, we face in the region, mm-hmm. which goes to the heart of a fundamental question, 
uh, for leaders of kind of how do we popularize and socialize that online safety skills have mushroomed kind of ICT skills mm-hmm. into life skills. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's uh, it's again it's that educational point of view, but uh, but but from a uh, the 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 uh, approach of, of making it part of your everyday on, online life um, as it being a normal part of every everything. Just yes, just as parents uh, will often teach their children uh, when they're young to stay away from strangers, don't take candy from someone you don't know, definitely mm-hmm. don't get into the car of that unknown mm. person. Now we need uh, those same uh, type of lessons learned and insights uh, popularized online, meaning think before you post and you are mm-hmm. what you share, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. et cetera. And do you think those programs are um, becoming more more uh, available uh, in this region? And do you think, or do you think there's there's plenty plenty more to be done and should be, in fact, uh, brought into into schools, for instance, and uh, uh, as part of the curriculum? We're at the end of the beginning, mm-hmm. and I think uh, the best is still yet to come. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. From a from a commercial um, standpoint, do, do you think? I mean, obviously. Uh, the, the huge attacks um, uh, last year. Um, if you didn't know, but you know, if you weren't aware of cybercrime beforehand, you certainly would be now. Um, do you do you think there's a danger that that um, companies may may kind of with a knee jerk reaction possibly uh, invest large amounts of money um, trying to uh, uh, deflect these these potential problems, but actually maybe spending it in the wrong areas or on the wrong uh, the wrong approach. Um. I think that we have to connect kind of uh, the the threat directly uh, with the the solutions that we have, and often the the best kind of mitigation strategies are mm-hmm. not the sexiest, most expensive. Um, I think that uh, we can invest in the most expensive uh, security software out there, but if we don't have kind of the basic hygiene so to speak, mm-hmm. of court uh, training, certification um, of everyone, not just your IT team or your IT security team, mm-hmm. and not just um, once um, every year, but on a more regular, ongoing uh, basis. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, orientation and training um, is, uh, is vital, and that I think has to ultimately come from the leadership of an organization because this has cybersecurity has shifted kind of from being a nice to have yeah. of of companies out in the region to a must have. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you th- do you think? I mean, going looking ahead, um, obviously as as we know, all you know, cyber cyber um, attacks and hackers are becoming increasingly sophisticated all the time. Um, do you think that 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 one thing that might be borne in mind is is that with that uh, increase in sophistication, then companies therefore presumably have to increase the amount they're spending. Does it not? Is there not a possibility it gets to a point where a company simply cannot afford to defend itself adequately? Um, well, I think the solutions are not always nicely and neatly met with more 
spending. Mm-hmm. It's often about how we spend, and there's a lot of of um, uh, ways to kind of import brains, right? And if you have mm-hmm. the the right internal team, they can uh, achieve some pretty outsized games and gains in terms of in terms of uh, value for money in boosting your cybersecurity defenses. Um, I think that it is an illusion that you can ever, in any country, mm-hmm. um, achieve complete uh, cyber safety mm-hmm. uh, and cyber total cyber security, because the technology is consistently evolving. Yeah. And I think the most interesting thing is kind of what are we as um, residents and and uh, what do the leaders of, uh, of of forward-thinking countries like the UA do about it? Mm-hmm. Do we kind of go the way do, do, do the uh, do Gulf countries ultimately go the way of Russia and China, um, forcing companies to store data locally, breaking up uh, the digital economy, erecting barriers, mm-hmm. or uh, does the UAE and other countries follow the way of Western Europe in the States? Mm-hmm. Um, this is, frankly, one of the great uh, debates of our time between mm-hmm. those that believe in the value of the World Wide Web mm-hmm. and those that believe in the rise of digital sovereignty. This is mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, about no less than kind of the story of, between data and Goliath. Um, <laughs> Very good. Because advocates of digital sovereignty, they kind of harken back uh, a little bit to the age of oil nationalism. Right. Uh, they think their country's long-term interests lie in directly controlling uh, the untapped plentiful resource of oil uh-huh. um, in the uh, past, and now it's of data. Um, it reminds me a little bit of, of the, the Wild West days in the U.S. My grandfather uh, would say that you know, Sam, I want to keep my cash underneath my mattress. Yeah. And I would say, well, grandfather, what, what if you just, maybe it's smarter to let the professionals safeguard it and watch over it at the banks. He said, no, I want to always be able to go underneath my mattress and see that it's there. Yeah, until one and day and it's not. we there. are now seeing the rise of, of uh, data centers um, um, across the, the GCC countries. Yeah. And there are some great things that come with that, um, but also the the world class cybersecurity expertise of companies like uh, Google and Amazon are are there at lower prices and might be um, hard to match to a, a certain extent. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um. The other uh, potentially interesting element, I, I, I think I'm right in saying this, that a certain number of uh, companies um, more in the West, I would say, um, have, have resorted to actually, if you like, um, taking their own pet cyber hacker uh, onto, the, onto, the, uh, onto the books, you know, former, former hackers who, who they have, uh, if you like, turned uh, away from the dark side. Um, and, and brought in to help them identify potential problems that they might otherwise not uh, not see. Do you, do you think there's a there's a, a serious role for for that um, for for, for a, you know a, a company to consider? Yes, yes. As you know, there, there's massive uh, 
financial and economic benefits with the skyrocketing digital economy uh, in the UAE. And uh, with that, as the population uh, goes online, it also brings uh, some unique challenges mm. in the cybersecurity domain. And I think that in the future, uh, every industry will be um, that's offline will become uh, ultimately a almost every industry will become a digital industry, mm-hmm. and uh, you need to have um, kind of almost like basic hygiene, uh, strong, creative thinking, uh, cybersecurity specialists. Mm-hmm. Um, you, we used to have a, a guard at the front door, but um, as robberies uh, and burglaries go down um, in a number of Gulf countries, I think this is, is going up. Because of the anonymity around it, as well as the um, challenge of attributing kind of an address of where Mm. you can uh, pursue uh, a criminal. But, you know, this is not the first time that that there have been uh, concerns about technology uh, from a kind of anti-crime perspective. Mm. Um, You know, it's a natural human reaction to, to demonize what we don't know. I yeah. mean, if you look at the printing press um, and how it was used uh, for a period um, after Gutenberg uh, invented it, um, it was used uh, for circulating and promulgating adult content. Um, right. If you look at the phone, it was um, um, after it became uh, widely used at scale, we saw uh, criminal elements use it. It doesn't mean that we uh, resort to banning the phone or yeah. only hire armies and armies of, and I know you're not saying this, um, but hiring armies of experts to stomp it out, yeah. um, I'm not sure is always the most productive. It's, I, I think that crime will happen regardless of, of um, or almost regardless of what uh, type of technology is out there. The radio. Yeah. I remember there were a number of, of conservative countries in the region that used to uh, be very wary about about the um, the role of radio to circulate um, uh, corrupt, uh, sordid world of material mm. ideas from from uh, foreign countries that could mm-hmm. erode local culture mm-hmm. and values. Um, but ultimately, it uh, radio was embraced in a number of these uh, regional countries because leaders also realized that it can be radio can be a vehicle to uh, circulate uh, cultural heritage mm-hmm. religious uh, values as well mm-hmm. um, so I think it's key to pivot from what we can do <laughs> about technology and it's key to pivot kind of from who can help us do quote unquote something about technology yeah. pivot to what we can do <clears throat> with technology more right yeah um again looking looking at some of the bigger um commercial attacks last year um several several of the companies that were affected um took a considerable length of time to actually reveal that they had been attacked and and that uh, data had been stolen um do, do you think that that um, part of this kind of education of of um the world if you like about about these issues um, would be better served by being more transparent when they do when they do occur. Um, you know, obviously uh, the, the companies involved think, oh, well, hopefully we can keep it quiet. 
but surely doing so plays into the ultimately plays into the attacker's hands. Um, do you th- do you think that transparency is is a is a, a you know a major issue involved here? I think every company and every nation has to make a choice for itself, and um, you know it's difficult to recall a time you know in the uh, when high, highly publicized uh, cyber attacks or a relatively rare occurrence. Yeah. Uh, but now it seems like barely a day goes by without news of a high-profile incident. Yeah. I think um, because they can leak out that uh, quite quickly, especially if you're talking about uh, B2C businesses, yeah. then uh, by kind of adopting a proactive, inclusive, disciplined approach, you can kind of take the bull by the horns and uh, manage the the incoming better um, than if you adopt kind of a quote unquote turtle approach of hoping that no one will will see you. But yeah. uh, everyone handles it differently, and I also there's 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 uh, a reasonable argument that uh, coming out and publicly announcing uh, that uh, a certain cyber attack uh, happened at a certain mm-hmm. scale is almost like marketing. Uh, yes, for the yeah. perpetrators. Yeah, so yeah. there's real trade-offs. Yeah, yeah. But I think the stakes couldn't be higher um, because the UAE is headed toward the digital pantheon. Yeah. And if you look at um, the country's uh, inspiring 2030 plan in Abu Dhabi or the 2071 plan at the federal level mm-hmm. or 2021 plan at the federal level, um, a common theme that runs through them is to build a knowledge economy. Mm-hmm. And um, that is great. Um, it's brought about some of the biggest paradigm shifts in business uh, in, the, in the world in decades. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, these, these plans, uh, to a certain extent, they uh, rightly rely on uh, connectivity which is a double-edged sword. With each new technology, there's going to be a lot of new benefits, but also uh, new public safety challenges sometimes as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's it is a double-edged sword, as you say. Um, look briefly, looking looking ahead, what do you do? You feel possibly that the rise of, of, of AI and, and deep learning and this, if it were turned sort of you know into a, into a cyber uh, um, weapon uh, by the hackers, do 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 you consider that to be a, a significant threat looking forward? Maybe it's. I mean, you can never rule out an outcome, mm-hmm. but. Um, no, I think that the it's something we have to definitely take the uh, public safety priority um, as central to our AI development mm. plans. But we are such a long, long ways off, I think, from uh, AI posing uh, uh, the sort of uh, threat that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other things that that, that that keep me up at night um, yeah. more. Um, Such as? I think that the UA leadership has, you know, adopted a, a kind of a moderating, uh, pretty practical approach in understanding the the trade-offs between um, building up their country's knowledge economy plans yeah. 
and their uh, uh, important priority on on public safety um, mm-hmm. better mm-hmm. than most because they realize that ICT is one of the few booming non-oil growth industries mm-hmm. and has sh- shifted from kind of being a vertical of the UAE economy to becoming a horizontal enabler of every part of the UAE economy. Yeah. Um, well, that's 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 fascinating, and and uh, we'll see we'll see how we we all uh, deal with this. Um the new cyber world uh, as it is. Okay, Sam, thank you very much for your time. Um, that's been great to talk to you. And, uh, and yeah, hopefully we'll all remain safe. <laughs> thank you. That was Sam Blattis, the former Google Head of Government Affairs for Arabian Gulf countries and the founder and chief executive of the MENA Catalysts, a regional high-tech government affairs firm. My name is Chris Nelson. You can find this and all the other Business Extra podcasts at www.thenational.ae.